Aloha, and welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson, coming to you from Hawaiian Sanctuary on the beautiful big island of Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> so I had the most amazing conversation with my mother on the way over here today. Um, it, was, it was ridiculously fun and awakening and enlivening and funny, okay? So I'm going, oh, you know, it'd be fun to hear from my mama if it's Friday, Aloha Friday, call my mom on the way over to Hawaiian Sanctuary, get on the phone. My mom is freaking out when I, on the other end, she's going, all this stuff is happening, your brother and the crying. And I'm just feeling that, you know, I'm feeling all that, all the story and all the heaviness and all the pain and everything like that. Um, so we're having a conversation about it and I go, Hey, you know this is a blessing, you know this is something that's for you, right? Like this is something that's really good for you, right? And she says, I know, but when he calls me and he's crying and I feel so bad for him. So this is such a good teaching because uh, I feel so bad for him is complete ignorance, okay? It's imagining that you understand the situation. We do not see anything clearly. We do not see anything. Anything that we perceive in this world is something that we projected to make it seem like separation is true. So my mom got that. But she goes, how do I do that in the moment? Because when he's crying, I'm getting upset and he's blaming it on me. And I said, well, defensiveness. Look at defensiveness, see? So especially when someone's blaming, right? As soon as you move to justify yourself or defend yourself, you've condemned yourself. That's what's wonderful about that. Because anytime anyone blames you, you don't have to decide whether the blaming is just or unjust. That's not up to you. It's only to take your reaction to the blaming and offer it up. Basically, offer it up means you're not grabbing it and spinning with it, making stories with it. You know, the, the, the feeling sensation that you get in that reaction to someone just blaming you. Aloha, everyone. Ah, you guys are so sweet. Welcome. Feel free to use the closet for some cushions or sit over there. Yay. <laughs> So the feeling reaction that you get to someone blaming you is the means. That's the way in. You could say that's the way in. So you can forget about everything that's going on on the surface, like all the stories and stuff. Once you have a tangible reaction arising in your energy field, you can work with that. That's something for you. That's something given you. So what my mom came back with too was, you know what, I tried to do it and I told him that all things work together for good. And he just was so mad about that. He did not want to hear that. And okay, this is one way of taking it. Like you should tell the other person. It's not about telling the other person. It's about learning it for yourself.
So everything becomes a teaching for yourself. You're not trying to teach anyone anything, you see? Not trying to teach anyone anything. You might say, well, Hope, what the fuck are you doing up there teaching then if you're saying that? (laughs) And, And, you know, the truth of the matter is I have nothing to share with you that you don't already have. You have it, okay? It's kind of like this. When I'm up here and I seem to be in the role of teaching, I'm offering up anything that seems to be me trying to teach something to you. See? So it's the same thing in any kind of situation when you're talking with someone. You know, it's like the kindness will come out if you allow the kindness for yourself. And, you know, people get concerned about boundaries. It's like those are taken care of too. When you'll allow the kindness to yourself. So here we are in the moment. Someone's blaming you. It's someone who's close to you. They're telling you that um, you're the one responsible for their uh, terrible circumstances in life. And you have a reaction coming up. So knowing that that reaction is the means to healing what you want is to get a good sense of that reaction. That, is, that reacting is showing you that you have a misbelief being projected right now. So you want to just get a load of that reaction. Let yourself feel it deeply. What you'll learn through this is that every reaction is actually a blissful feeling with a thin layer of defensiveness over the top of it that prevents you from diving in and experiencing it. It's like it's scary to experience it, so you better think about it. Let's give you another kind of scenario. Say it comes up in your mind, oh no, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pay all the bills. I might have to go bankrupt, okay? So you get a sensation with that, right? Instead of letting your mind run on what you're going to do, remember, you don't really have a choice. Thoughts are just coming to you. You know, someone asked me, should I, should I do this or should I do that? And I said, none of it. You're not capable of doing any of it. Do you mean that I should just ignore the whole thing? And I said, no, that's not what I mean. I mean that you don't have a choice in any of these decisions that you make between things in the world, any kind of circumstance, anything like that. Even the play where you're going back and forth trying to decide, that's all just a play. And it's playing because you're interested. You think you're actually going to make a choice. So you get a whole thing where you're like making all these, (laughs) you're taking in all these informations, you're bouncing back and forth, you're probably making a pros and cons list. You know, if you find yourself doing that stuff, just have fun with it in knowing that you projected it. It's not wrong. It's not like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this because it means this. You don't have a choice in what you do. So you have a, you have a perception of yourself doing something and that's where you have the opportunity to make the choice to see things clearly, to see that you don't have a choice. You're really making a choice to see that you don't have a choice between alternatives in the world. There's only two alternatives. You can keep what you made or you can claim what's really yours. And that's what's going on from moment to moment. So I told my mom, your inheritance, which you can only claim right now, is joy. So if you're reacting, you know you've been wrong. You know you've been wrong. 
And then you can ask for a correction. Now, not everyone can take that. My mom can take that. And I'll go around telling that to everyone, apparently. But my mom, she can take it. She's been a Christian for like, I don't know, uh, 40, 80, I don't know. <laughs> Lots of years. <laughs> but, you know, she knows because she knows um, the teachings as far as joy. She knows that. Like if you're out of joy, you're out of alignment. When we were a kid, we would say out of tune, out of tune. Uh, but what we do is it, it seems to be easier when you're a kid, like when you're a child, you're just like not really uh, having to be swayed by all these different things, all these different apparent problems or what people think of you right away. You know, uh, it's just like this, this innocence and this joy. So it's like, as we go through life believing in what we're perceiving, we keep on making these grooves in the mind and become forgetful of the teachings. You know, just become forgetful and get wrapped up in this, uh, this hell, this suffering that we make for ourselves. And, you know, you could tell if you're suffering by the tone. Okay, so if something's anxious for you or making you feel upset, you know your own tone. You can sense it in your energy field. So if you have a tone that's anything less than, let's say, gratitude, then that means you need, you basically need help. You don't want to be suffering. You know, it's not, it's basically not, it's not like a punishment saying you need correction. You know, like you need your mind restored to sanity because you, you don't want to attack yourself. You don't really want to. It's just thinking that you have to. Also, you know, trying to come up with the best worldly outcome isn't a necessary thing. Like, you know, from the ego's perspective, the ego wants to see results in the world. So it's like, okay, if there's really a God, then this will happen. See, when you start setting up ultimatums like that, it's like you're asking for this proof in this way. You don't have to uh, imagine anything about your life. You can just offer it up. You were never responsible for it. Everything always just came to you. So we tend to believe that we use money to buy things, and that's how we get things. But we're only dreaming that we use money to get anything and that we get anything and all of that. We made it up. We made it into something. So people get scared that, that if they lose their money, they're not going to have what they need. But the truth is, you've always had what you need. And, and according to your willingness to see that, you'll be abundant in that. You know what I mean by be abundant in that? It means you're always in a giving state of mind. Because really, you know, it, it's like in order to have, you've got to give. That's the only way. And what it is, is this stifling, this feeling like we don't have. And I'm not talking about giving in terms of material goods or anything like that because you don't have a choice in it. So it's not like that. I'm not saying you should go donate your money or anything. You don't have a choice in it. Giving is an energetic thing. It's always an energetic thing. So it's like you're giving all of it. 
like all of your forgiveness, all of your love. You're not taking anything and using it for attack. That's giving. See, you're not using anything to make yourself small, which also makes everyone else in your experience small. It's for weakening each other. So the the thing is, we don't want to weaken each other. That never helps any of us. Okay, we cannot get we cannot be strong by weakening anyone else. And when we buy into the ego's empathy, okay, the ego's empathy is the kind of empathy which is not a bad thing. Okay, let's not say it's a bad thing because it's usable. It's definitely usable and it's necessary because the feeling comes up, that empathetic feeling of sadness or of anger. Oh, I'd be angry too if that was happening to me. You know, the empathetic feeling is useful when it's offered up so that you can get a reinterpretation. Because remember, you projected the empathetic feeling. That thing that you think is occurring is not really happening anywhere. It's not really happening anywhere. But you perpetuate the sense of it. It's all a sense. It's a structure. It's a thought structure, projected sense. The sense of it gets projected as long as it's interesting to you. Okay, so you teach your mind that these things are not meaningful and they're not relevant to you by allowing yourself to get the entire upset feeling. You're embracing the upset feeling. It takes a lot of focus because in that moment, your habit is to project the feeling. It's to grab on and keep going with it. And uh, very often that's defensiveness. That's done with defensiveness, right? It's like we have a structure uh, that needs defending. It's like we are, uh, you know, we're not what we made with the ego. The image that we made is what we made with the ego. We're not that image. But that image needs our protection from the ego because the ego is constantly attacking it. We set it up like that so that it would be attacked. That's how we prop up a world. That's how we prop up a world of separation. It's like this structure. The ego cannot project guilt on you. That's not possible. But there's this dream structure that's made of thought, that's made of concepts, and that's for projecting these attacks. And basically, anytime you move, your mind moves to evaluate you in any way, your actions, what you ate, That's another one. Anytime your mind moves to evaluate you, that's an attack. Same thing. Anytime it moves to evaluate another person or another person's actions, that's an attack. Anything anyone does is do it. They're doing it for you. So they're really deserving of nothing but your gratitude. And when you give that to them, you receive that because all those attacks, they're only taken to be about you. There's no one outside of yourself and your mind knows that. It's a secret thing. It's kind of like the secret game that you're playing with yourself where you project a world outside of yourself, but really you're just traveling around in a dream. 
and all of the actors that you see coming to you are just you also dreaming from a different perspective. So it's all love. Anyone who comes into your perception in any way, they're only there for loving and it doesn't matter what it looks like because whatever they seem to be doing is perfect for you and exactly what you can use for awakening your mind. It's given you perfectly. Now, the difficult thing for people is remembering that in the moment. Maybe when I say it, you go, I know this shit. I've known this for a long time. That's what my mom said. She's like, I know this. But I just forget it right there. I just forget it right there in that moment. I just forget it. So it's a focus. It takes a certain kind of focus, but it's not hard. It's just willingness. You know, uh, if you notice your best feeling that you can, uh, that you can sense in the morning, like when you first wake up and notice your best feeling in your body sense, it's kind of like, wait for that, see it and feel it. And then make it a point that when you see yourself veer away into some kind of upset feeling to just notice your noticing is huge. You don't really have to do anything. So even my mom, you know, and during the, during the phone calls, she was reacting like crazy, right? She said, just reacting all the time, like in it, you know, after the fact, when we had a conversation and she saw what she was doing to herself, that's noticing that's, that's it. Cause every time you get a load of it, you're like, oh, and the more you could notice with gentleness, meaning no judgment for yourself in gladness. Because if you missed it, that's a good lesson. You know, you're, you're, you're only going to get it when you get it. So that's a good lesson. And if you don't accept it like that, like you accept it as something like it's, it reveals something about you. I'm never going to make it. Um, see, I'm still fucked up. Anything like that. Then that's how it is for you. It makes everything take longer. Anyone can have complete joy, and you can say that's satisfaction too. You know, complete joy, satisfaction with life, with everyone, with all their relationships. Any moment, one, it just takes one instant of willingness, of complete willingness. And everyone is headed in that direction. So it's like when you bless everyone's journey... No matter what that seems to be for you, that blesses your advancement as well. See, it's all a matter of willingness. It's not like you have to do something to know that peace, that peace that passes understanding. Not like you have to do something for it. You just have to be willing to accept it. So all of this practice, as far as Uh, allowing these upset feelings to just be embraced by you, that's developing that willingness. It's showing you, uh, you know, especially at first, it's the most difficult thing to do in the moment. So, you know, you could take small things. Like say you're sitting in a restaurant and you hear someone talking and you think they have the most annoying voice, right? Notice your reaction, And see if you can embrace that one and let that person off the hook and not make it about them. 
Not make it about like they really are there having the voice that, that you're uh, being annoyed by. See, even that, it just blows your mind how much when you put your attention into the reaction you get whenever you find something annoying or frustrating or anything and watch it transform. Just stay with it and watch it transform. Oh, yeah. You know why? It's because you're used to that projection and you're used to reacting to it. But it's really not true. So you made it that way. And that's why it's true for you. It's 100% true for you that people, tro- that people cross your boundaries all the time. But you're so much more powerful than that. You are so much more powerful than that. You cannot possibly be something that would be affected by anything outside of yourself, okay? So if you want to shift it, and that's really a big thing, like, do I want to be, who am I if I'm completely free from anyone ever crossing my boundaries? Who will I be if I'm completely free like that? Like, no one can cross my boundaries. Like, I can just cruise around all safe because no one can do it to me. The inner peace, you know, kind of comes inside, but uh-huh. the real, the physical world, we have to set the boundaries. Otherwise, people wouldn't know how to treat us, you know, treat us with no respect. And, like, I give an example. Okay. <laughs> Today in the gym, right there, um, a very nice man, I met him right a few times, came and put the speaker with the kind of podcast very loud with the speaker, you know. Okay. <laughs> but hey, can you please use uh, headphones? Uh-huh. It's like, all right. No problem. And the rest of my training was great. And we said bye with a smile on our faces. So there was all said. I didn't have a reaction for that. I just set my boundaries nicely and respectfully. And mm-hmm. he probably didn't think about it carefully. That's why. Or maybe she, he didn't expect anyone in the gym or something like that. So nicely and respectfully setting boundaries. And so, you know, I think it's a lot easier than just let it go over and over again, you know. and. It's not about my reaction. If there would be no choice, perhaps as a baby crying in an airplane, I have no choice, right? So I would, I would find the peace and would give no reaction for that because even it would be grateful, like, okay, when I'll be a mom, maybe. It's a good training for me right now, <laughs> you know? But when I have a choice, as an adult person, he definitely can change the situation and treat me with respect. Okay. I would let him know. I would accept it and try to train myself, have no reaction. I mean, I definitely have no reaction. Okay, so you're totally misinterpreting what I'm saying completely. Yeah. Okay, okay. And which, which, is, which is natural, which is natural because, okay. you know, it seems like this, when you say the real world, what you're talking about is a dream. There's no reality to it at all. You don't really have a choice in whether you set that boundary or not. And I know it seems like you have a choice. Okay, that was what, you know, uh, you know, Einstein goes back to. It's a convincing illusion. It's a convincing illusion that you're doing anything here. This is a dream. Okay, so what I'm saying is this is a dream. I'm not saying don't make boundaries. I'm saying you don't have a choice in whether you make the boundary. So it's it's like this. If there's a sense that people are crossing your boundaries and you're getting a reaction to it, that's something that you can offer up to the spirit to heal for you so you don't get the sense of this where you're being victimized by someone, okay? The setting of the boundaries, that's just all for fun. That's for play. It's playful. It just occurs. And by the way, uh, really awesome 
it occurs really naturally like that where it's done in kindness and um, it's respectful to the other person where there is a, a, a kindness with yourself. So, you know, in that situation, you say you didn't get a reaction. That's great. You weren't reacting to him. So it was like really mellow and smooth. That's how it goes. When you're not in a reactive mode, your conversations just go like that. It's just you don't have a choice in what words come out of your mouth or how you do it because it's always just expressing your state of mind. So to be in watchful mode, to see how noticing how your state of mind is affecting the circumstance, the way you react, the way you respond, all of, all of the information that's coming in, that's all being affected by your state of mind only. It's not being affected by anything else. You're going to be 100% successful as, as far as achieving joy in the moment if you're just willing to see that anything that denies joy is a misinterpretation. Anything that denies it, even if it seems like it, a threat that they might not uh, respond Oh, what if I don't, what if I give them a boundary and they, uh, and, and they respond unfavorable to me, you know, something like that. That would also be something just to embrace in knowing that you don't have a choice in it. You don't have to capitulate on it. You just look at the fear for speaking up. It does take a certain amount of courage to set a boundary, to state a boundary, even in, uh, you know, especially in a situation where you don't even know the person, you never met them. It does take a certain amount of courage, and that courage also comes from just being gentle with yourself, see? And then it's no problem, even if the person's like, uh, screw you, I'm not going to be playing my uh, music as loud as I want. I live here, and this is where I work out, and this is how I do it. So it's like, in that situation, what, you know, it looks like your boundary maybe just got crossed. That's giving you a huge opportunity, it's like, oh, okay, this is giving it to me. My friend gave me an example um, the other day, and lots of my friends are starting to get it right now, which is super exciting for me um, because I know how it is, especially when it's just new. You're like, oh, I see. Okay, I know what they've been talking about. So my friend went dancing with her boyfriend, and she's, you know, my friend's always been reactive to other women trying to get her boyfriend, especially on the dance floor, you know. And if you're, you're reactive to something like that, that's good. That's, that's the thing that you're given to, to work with. You know, it's just, it's good. It's just playful. So there's this woman and she's dancing with uh, my friend's boyfriend. She's kind of like cut in there and she starts dancing with my friend's boyfriend. She's like grabbing him and everything. And the boyfriend's like, oh my goodness, am I going to get in trouble for this? <laughs> and, and so then the boyfriend got nervous, like he was going to get in trouble. So he went and grabbed my friend, my friend's arm to try to get back like to her, you know, and he kind of hurt her from her perception when he did that. So she just got the biggest trigger. And she said, she just went outside and she goes, okay, this is my opportunity. She did not run the same pattern that she did before. This is my opportunity to feel this because none of this means anything. That's really like taking it to the level of, okay, let me see for reals instead of trying to see what I made up and go spin out. And she said, you know what? It was all okay. He came back out. He's like, are you okay? Are you mad? And she's like, no, babe, I'm not mad at all. He's, she's like, this is just, thank you. 
She's like just so happy that, to feel what's underneath that. And when you feel what's underneath that defensiveness, I'm, I'm telling you, this defensiveness is a thin layer. It keeps us afraid of going into the reaction so we can see it. And, you know, one of the fears is, you know, you know, what you brought up is, what if I don't set a boundary? Again, you don't have to be responsible for that. You will as much as you need to, as much as is joyful for you. You will set the boundaries as much as you need. And here's the thing about getting the perception of people crossing your boundaries. You're only going to get the perception of people being able to cross your boundaries as long as you want that to be true. As long as you wish, as long as you wish for that to be true. It's a secret wish. So you're reacting to a secret wish to keep this thing going. I want to be blamed, for instance. Like my mom. I want my son to blame me. For being a terrible whatever, and now it landed him in prison. Right? It's a good one. It's heavy. So I told my son, you know, kids go through that. They get to a certain age, and, you know, they test that out, start feeling bad about themselves. You did this to me. You did this to me, you know. So uh, my son brought something like that up to me, and I was like, you know, Believe me, I know it couldn't have been easy being raised by me. <laughs> but how's that helping you? Like, is it getting you chicks? Is it helping acne? Is it getting you a job? Like, how, like what, what's that doing right now? You know? <laughs> my son got it right away. He's just like, oh, I want to be in that. <laughs> you know, that, and that's a thing. It's like a, a thing for a lot of us and maybe close to all of us. We need to forgive our parents, the, the thing that we made up about how our parents are responsible for whatever it is that um, we think. And, you know, I'm not talking about that kind of forgiveness that people go, yeah, you really screwed up on me, but, you know, I'm benevolent, so I'm going to forgive you. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually establishing in your mind that what you think your parents did, they were not capable of doing. They were not capable of it. So your establishment of that in your mind makes it true for you. And then your relationship <laughs> is healed. And, you know, what I noticed in my own experience, as soon as I saw that about my parents, all my relationships got healed. As soon as I saw that, like, it, it's like I couldn't hold anything against anyone. So people in my family, like in my own immediate family, were reacting, you know, reacting to all kinds of things in life, reacting to me, you know, people have been reacting to me. Um, like as soon after I saw this, I knew shit was going to hit the fan because once you, once you first see this and you start looking at it like that, the pain gets to be, the pain, the emotional pain, it gets to be more intense. It's almost like, you know what, I'm going to look at it now. And so then you start peeling away some layers and you see the intensity, like you'd sense that intensity of those feelings. And that's meant to keep you away from not sinking in. So the intensity of the feeling is only arising to like push you back from it. When you first start seeing it, you're going to see all your patterns coming up. And those, you know, as long, as long as you'll take those as opportunities, you'll see more and more 
And you don't have to do it every single time. It's not like, oh, you missed an opportunity. And you just notice. Oh, that was one of those opportunities. And it's not really like you missed it. It's more like you learn from it. See? Like nothing is extra. If it seems like you missed it, that was a learning opportunity and you got what you needed out of it. And it's coming back again. That's the thing about everything that's on patterns. That's why this dream spins forever. It just spins forever through death and life, death and birth cycles. It just keeps on going for eternity. But it's, not, it's definitely going to stop at some point. It can't keep on going forever because eventually there's going to be seeing but that time can seem like a really long time, even though it's no time. It can seem like it takes a really long time. It can seem like millions of lifetimes. So we do want to see as soon as possible, even if you could say it's just for um, helping to eliminate the suffering everyone's perceiving. No one's really suffering, but everyone is perceiving suffering. So it's like, we really want to help each other out. What we want to do is see through what's causing this and help resolve what's causing it. We do that through our relating. So my family was totally, you know, reacting, 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 reacting to me. I'm sensing myself react to them. And then after I saw, okay, I really need to take care of this because this is my mind. They're not, they're not even they're like I see them. They're all, they're all with me. We're in communication. We're in deep communication. But in the way we think we see each other, that's nothing. That's completely meaningless. We made that part up. We're always one. We're always in love. We're always in communication, close, deep communication. So I saw that and then I would get these crazy reactions. They're huge reactions. And, you know, really, I was reacting the same as always. It's just that I have my eye on it now, so it seems like it's really intense. And it seems like I got to run or I got to do something. But, no, I let myself sink into the feeling. And it took time. But over time, my family start to come around, too. And, you know, at first they thought I was nuts because everything was okay with me. At one point, my, my daughter said, Mom, everything is not always okay. <laughs> and I go, that's okay. <laughs> she had to laugh on that one. Okay, so this has been since 2014 when I had this realization and I started realizing everything's okay. <laughs> People got scared. You know, people got scared about that. <laughs> everything is not okay um, but now you know everyone is like on the same wave and I see the same thing happening with my friends too they've come around the people will come around because it's true the kindness the self-kindness it's what's true you know the reality the observing what's real that's the truth but everyone is in an agreement to pretend like it's not the truth and to even come up in arms against you if you express the truth, if you express that all is well, if you express that this, see? 
Even you don't even have to say anything just because you're not getting on the bandwagon on the big, you know, train. My mom thought I was weird. My whole family thought I was weird, but you know what? They all came around because, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's comforting to have one person where everything's okay. And it's like, oh, well, you can have the luxury of that because you don't have this, 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 and this. You know what I don't have? I don't have the belief that this world is real. Most people do have that belief. Most people want this world to be real. They hope it's real. Then they hope they can live forever in it, maybe find a special uh, thing that's going to get them to live forever. (laughs) What do you do with the Ukraine? What do I do with the Ukraine? Well, see, here's the thing. All the questions are really the same for me because it's a, because it's one world, one world is, that doesn't exist. So the Ukraine is also included in that world that doesn't exist. So that's, that's the thing. Everything in the world is meant to be as if it's held out as separate so that you can get triggered by it and make your trigger into a reality. You know, one of my friends is Ukrainian. I had no idea she was Ukrainian until all this shit started going down. She forgot she was Ukrainian until this shit started going down. And then all of a sudden, she's a flag-waving Ukrainian. And she's like, I don't know what's going on here. I know this stuff isn't really meaningful, but I'm getting triggered by it. And now I think I'm Ukrainian all of a sudden. And I'm waving a flag, and I want to kill people. <laughs> right? So, so it's, like, it's like not to be judgmental about this structure because it's like the structure of thought that you made is trying to make sense of the world and really the world is chaos there's no sense to be made of it there's nothing even happening really you know but the draw is to try to make sense that's hard for you when you well, hear I that understand what you mean by that it's not real okay what part People of it in a dream okay so you can end everything that you say that's like a fact in the world yeah. in a dream Right. That's the difference. The well, yeah, it's still occurring in a dream. And what you're it's getting... It's a really bad dream. Yeah, well, yes, it's a nightmare. It's a total nightmare. Yeah. And you know what? When you're, when you're getting a perception of them also going through that nightmare and you're going through it also, you're actually putting yourself through it, right? And there's, and, and there's even more guilt attached to it. This is what I see people doing because... They're not going through it, and the other guy is. That's another total ego trip, right, to trick you like that. Because when, when you're reacting to this world, you're projecting a world. Reacting is the same as projecting. So that's why, you know, the sages and saints say, take care of your reaction. Because the reaction is what's projecting it. And that's the thing that's hard to see. It's a total affront to the ego. You see that. Even saying that this world is not real, people go... Well, wait a second, I'm in this body and I can like pinch myself right here and I can feel that. And the thing is, your mind is so powerful to make illusions that it can and it most certainly has projected this life and world because you are not something that is born and dies. This is something that has to be projected. This is not something that exists in reality. It's just a dream that you set up for yourself and the reacting is pushing it forward. So say you find yourself on the battlefield, you're actually like all bloody and you got all these people all around you and there's bodies everywhere and you're going for it. In that moment, 
you can choose to see. And because of the intensity of it, you can have a huge awake, like actually awaken from the dream, you know? So it's not to be afraid of intensity. You don't have to seek it. Certainly don't. It's coming. Okay. Uh, Because the, the, the body concept, the sense of being a self is built on pain. It's built on a painful thought. So intensity is coming. Pain is coming. As long as there's a perception of a body, pain is coming because pain is what it's made of and that's what's being projected. But it's through the sense of pain, physical or emotional, those are the same thing. It's through the sense of pain that we resolve its cause, okay? So when we can see the cause of the pain, then it can be resolved. It's, it's kind of like your awareness just resolves it like a light coming on. It's like a light coming on. And I've had like four or five of my friends in the past month tell me about their experience of that light having come on. I am super encouraged about this and I'm, and, and I'm really happy for all of us because that's a pretty exponential just to go pop, 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 pop like that in my experience. Okay, so it's like at this point in time, there's a lot of energy available for anyone who's willing in the moment, in the moment where you're uh, observing Ukraine, for instance, and it seems like, you know, there's uh, probably a side to get on um, and just acknowledging that I don't know what I'm looking at. I can't make any sense of this. Let me have a different interpretation. Let me know that this is love. Let me see that this is all love right now. Let me see how I can use it as a means for seeing instead of as a means for projecting more. You know, that's what collapses time when you use time for seeing through the illusion. That collapses lifetimes that are set in motion already. It's like they're already set out in this moment in time for all these lessons to go forward, right? But when you see through these uh, these impurities, you can say they're impurities, whenever you think you have cause to be upset and you ever think you, think you have cause to be annoyed, I love it. It's like diffusing a fuse. It's like, it's a, ah, ah. I saw a post on Facebook that said, uh, if, uh, if, your, if your woman seems like she's um, getting out of control or, or something, try telling her to calm down and see how that works. And I was like, wow, that re- works really well for me. I freaking love it. You know why? Because I get a reaction to that. You are unusual. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's the thing, though. We're supposed to, like, we're programmed to react to that. That's what's freaking funny. We're just programmed to react to that. If someone tells you, calm down, you know, it's like you're programmed to react. Like, like, just like the word nigger. If you hear nigger, you're programmed to react. You're programmed to go, oh, wait a minute. Are you black? Can you say that? You know, it's like we're just programmed in these ways. When you see it's a program, You don't have to follow the program. You don't have to buy into it again. See, all those things that you're like, uh, oh, that make you hot. You know the hot one when someone says something to you and you get hot? 
Oh, that is ecstasy. People don't realize that. That is actually ecstasy. If you let it just kind of like permeate yourself, you'll see it's ecstasy. And you, you, don't worry, it doesn't make you a doormat. That is not my experience at all. It does not make me into a doormat. It's not like that. It's not like people can just come and go and come and go and come and go, but they can because I'm allowing anything to come and go. I'm also allowing anything that, that manifests through me, whatever it is. And I can change my mind in, every, in any moment. When I first saw this and my daughter started saying something to me, she was probably in her 20s at the time, and we had a habit where she would say something to me and I would, like, kind of blaming something on me, and then I would flip it back onto her and blame it on her, and then we would just be up like that. So she said something to me, and then I said something back to her, and then I immediately saw it, and I go, I take that back. That was all about me. That had nothing to do with you. And it's like immediately when I said it, it was like it was a little bit difficult to say because the feeling in me didn't agree with what I was saying at all. The feeling didn't agree with it, but that's, that was okay with me, it, you know, that the feeling didn't agree with it because in that, the feeling was transformed. The feeling itself was transformed. And then it was almost like we were walking through jello, and then we just had an embrace. Me and my daughter had an embrace. And things were not the same after that because she knew that I knew that she can't do it wrong. And, you know, that I can't get mad at her again. I can't get mad at her again. She could do anything and I can't get mad at her again. She tested that out too. She went on a one-year uh, cocaine adventure where she went, uh, she went to town and told all the people in town what a bad person I am and... Uh, spread all kinds of rumors and then came back and said, I just spread all kinds of rumors about you and, and I ruined everything for you. And I go, no, you didn't ruin anything. That's, you, don't, you don't know. That's perfect for me. That's just what I need. And she goes, well, what about wisdom dialogues? I go, it's perfect for wisdom dialogues too. <laughs> so once she came back off of that trip, she was like, oh, thank goodness. I, yeah, I wasn't wrong. I wasn't made wrong. I wasn't in a, uh, I wasn't like a, a unredeemable, you know. It's like as soon as she's over that, it's like she's the one who comes back. She comes back when she's over it, when she's done with it. By the way, hi, Kaya. I know you're listening. <laughs> she listens all the time. She, uh, she, she plays them all. She plays them at work and um, she says she loves it when I talk about her on Wisdom Dialogues. <laughs> my son, on the other hand, we had a text about that. It was pretty funny. Uh, my, my daughter said, hey, when are we going to do that uh, Las Vegas birthday thing for you to my son? She's like, I heard about it on Wisdom Dialogues. My son got all triggered. He goes, mom's so full of shit. <laughs> she like typing this triggered message and... Uh, and I go, well, sounded like a fun idea. Anyways, my son, I'm thinking my son's going to be so pissed because he writes that thing, right? He writes that whole thing. And I was gone. Um, so I go back and I'm 
coming to my house and I get this sense, oh my gosh, I have to face this. My son is going to be pissed at me because he found out I was talking about him on Wisdom Dialogues. And, uh, and I go, and I, I just take that feeling, that sense like something is going to be hard or challenging and knowing that only the ego can be challenged. Just take that feeling and get the relief within it, like embrace it and get the relief in, within it. You know, he never said a thing about it and he was super sweet to me. He never said one thing about it. I know him and my daughter had a conversation. My daughter was telling him, hey, she's, she's not saying anything bad about you. She's just doing wisdom dialogues. <laughs> Some of the things are pretty funny, though, I got to admit. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because we think that even we did something that's going to get us in trouble. And we believe it. I just, like, open up. I just open up the space to whatever it's going to be. And I don't try to predict What's he going to say? Is he going to say anything? I'm not trying to predict. All I'm doing is accepting what's true right now, and that's that nothing is gone wrong. And, and, and everyone's perfectly safe, and there's no threat. So then I don't have to project that for myself. Did he forget that I talk about him on Wisdom Dialogues? I think he just started not giving a shit. Seemed like a big, idea, a big deal, and then it was like... Pfft whatever. <laughs> and you know, for me, someone would ask me, well, what about you talking about him on wisdom dialogues? I don't have a choice in that. And I'm open to it. It's not like I have to talk about him. I don't know. I'm totally open to it. And when friends tell me, Hey, I don't want you to say that on wisdom dialogues. I'll take that in. And I don't have a choice. So if you don't want me to talk about it, don't tell me about it. <laughs> isn't that funny can you keep a secret no i can't <laughs> okay like i can think that i might be able to keep a secret but then yeah yeah see so 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 if you get that perception your challenge in that is to accept that you didn't have a choice in that so you can see that you don't have to buy into any kind of why do i keep on doing that shit What boundaries? Well, what do you mean? Saying, and I hear that, that we're making this all up, and, which I totally love and appreciate. And everything that comes up into my life, I see as coming up for me to have an emotional expansion through whatever situation is happening, and an opportunity for me to forgive them and myself, mm -hmm. whatever the situation is. And I also see like if a friend tells me something that is like, you know, it really hurts me when you do this, or you know, I appreciate if you didn't say that about me, or talk about our situation to people for me it's like I respect them and I honor their own journey and I'm like oh, okay I can do that and it's like for me that's love for me just honoring that other person's um, request yeah it's just that you don't have a choice in whether you actually honor it or not you actually don't have a choice in that and plenty of us have been in the experience we're like what the fuck did I just say See, so, so it's like, it's, it's, it's like you're, it's like you're weakening each other by making it as if you have a choice, you know, it's by making it as if you do have a choice. It's like, you feel just like at all other times when someone's telling you, Hey, when you do this, this is how it feels. You feel with that. That's how you learn. You learn through feeling. But as far as what you're doing when you're trying to decide what you're going to do and you're making promises on what you're going to do, 
you are setting yourself up, right? You're setting yourself up. And that's the same with, um, you know, I have one friend who's dealing with a, a, a husband that likes to bone around with other chicks, right? And he just keeps on, you know, uh, wanting to be that guy that's like all faithful and stuff like that. Um, but he doesn't have a choice in that. This is what the person is wired to do. And, you know, whatever is driving them to do that, that's their trajectory. So it's like either you're like, uh, okay, this, this, is my, uh, this is my partner that I'm apparently with right now. You don't even have a choice in what partner you have. That's a funny thing. I'm with this partner right now. I'm going to love this partner while I'm with them. Who knows how long I'll be with them? Who knows how long this is going to go on? Who knows how long my, my soul, spirit, whatever you want to put it, is driving me down this similar path so that I can get what I need from this experience. And you're going to get what you need from these experiences so much faster if you'll stop projecting something like lack of integrity for the person. I know it looks silly. It looks silly. Here he is with a great wife and two kids, and then he's walking around with a heart on for 18-year-olds. You know, it looks ridiculous. Yes, it's funny. But he's not, he's not out of integrity. He can't, he, he, he doesn't, that's not even relevant for him. Intel, integrity, it's not even relevant. I have a question about that. So yes. She, so she could actually have the experience of leaving him too. Of course. Not that of course. Yeah. Of course, but you know what? She can't leave him until that's going to be maximally beneficial for her awakening process. That's the thing. It's like whatever situation you're finding yourself in right now for this instant is maximally beneficial for your awakening process. Why do you have to hold someone in a space of of anti-integrity if you're going to leave them? You don't. You don't have to make them out to be a bad person to leave them. You know why? Because when you're you're meant to leave them, you're just going to leave them. It's not, you don't have to make them, you can be completely grateful for them the whole time. And in fact, if you got someone beating the shit out of you and you become grateful for them, you're going to be leaving them way faster than if you're not grateful for them. That's the funny thing. You know, people want to project, ah, oh, he's such a bad guy. He's terrible. Okay, let's get you over here and get you all safe over here. Next thing you know, she's back with him. The friends are going, what the hell? We just helped you out. We just got you out of the situation. Then you're just, or they, or they go get another one. The patterns are just the patterns. When you go to gratitude, that's how they get lifted. Okay. So the patterns are just letting them be as they are, not blaming anyone for any kind of action. You know, you're going to meet people who are going to seem to do something dishonest, for instance, you know, um, scammers, scammers. I love scammers. Those are like my favorite. <laughs> I love that scammy energy. I love to play with it, you know. <laughs> I get lots of that too because I run a business, so I'll get uh, I'll get these these things. Uh, be like, uh, yeah, we're gonna help you um, get five hundred thousand uh, dollars this low interest loan, and all you have to do is sign this thing. It's basically a uh, authorization for them to just go ahead and debit my account 25 grand right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just way too intelligent for that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 
But, you know, I hear about these elaborate things where someone will like, they'll like groom people. I've heard from people who have told me like, man, how devastating that was for them. And, you know, um, with both of the people that I talked with, I was like, hey, can we look at that a different way so you can use that as, you know, so you could use that for something that's valuable? Can we look at it in a different way? Because a lot of the times when someone gets one of those elaborate scams where they become really emotionally uh, integrated with you, maybe they married you. One of my one of my friends that I talked to married the person um, and the whole thing was a scam. One of my friends gave away her life savings with her husband, her, <laughs> all of her stuff to this guy <laughs> who was going to return a bunch of money later. It doesn't matter. Any decision that you ever made, it was right. It was right. And you know what? You know what's going to stop scammers? Gratitude in these situations. You know, you, you, this just blows your mind. You find out that you've just been scammed, right? And you get the sense that you're like at a total loss. And all of a sudden, you're willing to use this now as a means for healing, as a means for forgiveness, as a means for seeing that there's only joy. Nothing else is possible. And you'll be glad. You'll be, uh, you'll be in total gratitude for that person for showing up like that. You, lots of times you use the word gratitude. The word acceptance is more for me. But your gratitude is more generous or direct. More generous, or yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's very generous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the thing because to have that for yourself, you have to give it. Okay, so there's a there's an acceptance that's kind of like tolerance because it's kind of like that's still a problem. Well, acceptance right? can be for me very open, but it's okay. it, it has more of a melancholy. Uh-huh. This gentleman's thing of um, Ukraine, you know, maybe um, like I have a hard time thinking about it. it's uh, all a dream, but sort of, but there maybe it's this sort of it's it's this this play is going to happen type thing. Uh-huh. Like acceptance and that some kind of, some purpose or beautiful thing will come out of it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. That's the thing. Yeah. The awakening from the dream is the beautiful thing that comes out of it. Okay. It's the dream. awakening. Yeah, your dream concept, like, I'm processing him asking that hard question. Mm-hmm. What, um, like, how the dream process plays out or what that, what that is, so that this is all, all a dream. Yes, Yes, it's a well. You can say um, it's projected. You know, like when you go to sleep at night and you have a nighttime dream, mm-hmm. it seems like it's a reality. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, and, and then you wake up, and sometimes you're like, oh, "I wish it was the reality." And other times you're like, "Thank goodness, that's not the reality." Right? It's very much like this because it's projected from the mind. In fact, it's really the same thing when you go to sleep at night. It's the mind playing different scenarios. It's just very much like this. It's the same. It's just that you seem to be asleep and you seem to be awake, but you only seem to be asleep in retrospect, right? It's like at the time you thought you were awake in that nighttime dream. It's just the same with this kind of dream. It's a, and you know, uh, you can call it projection too. That's another way to call it is projection because it is a projection of a mental state. So it's kind of like we're on uh, lonely, separate journeys. There's only one of us, but it's like we're on these lonely, separate journeys where we have these 
special concepts that make up who we think we are. And so we, um, uh, we, kind of, we connect with each other and then we're not lonely anymore when we're willing to see through the patterns that we made. So we're willing to see through, like even people that seem to be all the way over in Ukraine, there's no space, they're always here. All the people that seem to be suffering in Ukraine, they all are here and are reacting to them is the means for healing that kind of scenario occurring anywhere. You know, war and killing and death and all that stuff, it isn't even possible. We're perceiving the impossible. And our reacting and believing in our reactions is demonstrating to our mind that we wish to continue perceiving the impossible. It's only through embracing the reactions will perceiving the impossible get erased. You won't be able to have a perception of what's impossible because you won't have the impurity in your mind to project impossible things. See? And you know you're on the right track when you can use every instance. Because look, your mind is always going, right? There's no... Uh, there's, there's nothing in the world that's really happening, but your mind is always thinking about and projecting the world. It's a constant thing. It's constantly going. So each of these is opportunities to see through it, to remind yourself that you want to see through it. Here's the thing, you know, um, if it's a dream, then you can be released from it. If it's a dream, you can wake up. If it's not a dream, what? <laughs> what is it? It's just going to death, right? It's going to death. Is that what it is? If it's not a dream, what is it? So it's like in the moment, there's this forgetting that it's a dream. Even for those of you that go, oh, I know. I've seen the science. Okay, I've seen the science on it too. I know that. Okay, we basically know it is very dream-like, whether you call it a dream, a projection, a mental, uh, a mental scenario, I don't know, a holograph, I've heard it called, hologram, I don't know, one of those. <laughs> I don't even know what the difference is between the two. <laughs> but the thing is, if we're willing in the moment to be aware that it is projected, unreal, then we'll be, we'll, we'll be able to see it. We'll be able to feel it, like viscerally feel it. And that's basically what you could call the coming of the kingdom of heaven. Everyone else in your perception gets forgiven by you first. So it's kind of like everyone else is permitted to enter the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. Because you let them off the hook. You let them free from the suffering you perceive them to be in. You set them free from the suffering. So you perceive someone in suffering. You don't want to hold them there, do you? You can release them right now. That's what I was talking with my mom about. It's like when you perceive your son in suffering, you know, crying and, and it seems like a big deal. Now he's in prison. It seems like he's been railroaded and all this big deal. And going through all that stuff, if you don't want to hold him in that, you have to release him. 
So you're getting, in, in, in order to release them, you can only extend something that you have, right? So you have to get the relief for yourself. You have to be willing to see that he's not suffering. You're making a chaotic interpretation. Doesn't matter what he's saying to you. Because the things that you hear, you interpret with your ears and what you interpret with your eyes and the other senses, that's just like messengers you sent out to report back to you. You sent those out to report back to you that this is a separate world. And dang it, this kid proves it. He's calling you up and he's proving it right now. This is what you set in motion. So since it's your child, since you made it, you can embrace it and demonstrate to yourself. It's not about trying to teach him that it's okay. You don't teach him that it's okay. That teaching that it's okay comes through you. You get the teaching that it's okay. And then that comes through you. I told my mom, notice my brother doesn't call me. Yeah, he doesn't call you at all. And I go, because he's not looking for what I got. He's looking for that game. He he thinks he wants to be weakened. So he's going to go to the person that will give him what he needs to be weakened. He thinks he wants to be weakened. That's how we, you know, we buy into these uh, social ways of being but we harm each other. Unknowingly, we harm each other. Isn't it reasonable that I should be upset right now if my son just called me and said all that stuff? No, it's not reasonable. It's reasonable to an ego, but you're not an ego. It's not reasonable at all. This is a time to be joyous. This is the means right now. Because it's bringing it up right now. This is the pain This is the pain you'll find if you start pushing in places in your body. You'll find it there too. The physical pain is just a manifestation of the same thing. It's just fear, just fear in the mind. It manifests in a lot of different ways. Illnesses, conflict between people, sense of dread, depression, Anxiety, doubt, it's all illness, it's mental illness. And mental illness is suffering. So when you're observing, all it takes is noticing mental illness is mental illness. And not the truth. See, we take mental illness as if it's the truth. And the world is, in general, mentally ill. Okay? So anytime, anytime we think that something is threatening, that's a mental illness. We set that in motion. And yeah, you can apply. I, I applied it. Remember when we got that fake bomb threat? I don't know who was here. But we got a fake bomb threat one time. It was freaking awesome. A missile was coming in. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. <laughs> here in Hawaii. Really? She's like, she's like, uh, Kona and Keho, Keho, and uh, she said, well, she's like, okay, Ken, where am I supposed to go? And then, and then she's like, I'll just, I'll just throw it down to the beach. Maybe I'll see it before. Maybe I'll see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, some, something like that, though, you know, it's a perfect opportunity. 
You get the sense like, oh my goodness. And it was perfect for us because my daughter freaked out when she got that. We all got it to our phones. It was like, beep, beep, <laughs> missile incoming, take cover. And we're like, where are we supposed to take cover? <laughs> like, where do we go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so my daughter immediately calls me and she's like, what do I do, mom? And I'm like, run like a motherfucker. And then she just started laughing. And then we just all laughed, you know, not even knowing if the missile was coming or not, but just knowing that nothing's a threat, you know, and we're like looking out the window, looking for, uh, looking for the missile. Uh, and it turns out it was just some funny thing that <laughs> they, decided, they decided to do. <laughs> and then, and then another, another one, uh, a hurricane came um, I think it was like 2016. I don't know. This hurricane. Oh, it was 14. This hurricane came. Didn't really make it to a hurricane, but we had these huge trees that went down everywhere. They were just cracking everywhere, so you couldn't get out. All right. So we lived um, right next to the geothermal plant, right? And this hurricane's happening. We can hear trees cracking everywhere. There's no way we're going driving anywhere, and so. <laughs> We get, then we start getting all these messages from people saying that the geothermal thing just blew out something. Get out of there. Run for your lives. <laughs> so, you know, the same, same thing. It looks like, well, shit. Okay. People are scared. That's what's going on. So, you know, I just let my family know that there's not a thing we could do about it, so let's just not make it an issue. Let's just not make that an issue. So my family and I all agree, we're not going to make that thing into an issue. We're just going to breathe normally and not try to take cover from it and not worry about it. Let's play some games. You know, there's not anything you can do. You can't go anywhere. Even if you could make a choice, you couldn't make a choice to go somewhere. So, <laughs> so, so, so we just hung out with it. And, you know, the next, the next day when we all came out, and everything, uh, everything was all clear, and we were able to move. Well, it was a couple days. All of the, everyone who was there in that place where we were was not having any kind of symptoms of geothermal, no symptoms at all. But a lot of my friends from around the area were having geothermal symptoms, apparently. You can't really get symptoms from it. It can't really affect you. That's what, that was the bottom line. And we're like, it can't really affect you in the first place. So when I get the perception of friends having been as, affected by the geothermal, I just, knowing in my heart, that is not true. That's make-believe. They did not get affected by the geothermal. You cannot have uh, something in the world affect your health like that. That's not how it goes. We project things to make excuses for why we're experiencing an unhealthy body. We project things into the experience to blame for it. It could be that you went out and drank alcohol last night. That could be a projection too. You could play with that. If you find yourself drinking al alcohol, or I don't know what you guys do, you take some sassafras or something like that, uh, and, then, and then you're feeling like crap the next day, use it. That thing did not cause the effect that you're experiencing now all the effects come from the mind so use it that's a guilty concept that you could do anything to harm yourself 
I hear people say stuff along those lines all the time. Um, like even, you know, um, yeah, my elbow hurts because I played soft, softball all those years. I know that looks like the cause. Okay, you've been doing this a bunch of times and then your elbow. I know. It looks like that. But when you take it to, wait a second, I'm projecting this, it opens your mind to see how you're projecting the world. You start to see more and more how you're projecting the world. And in that, you can feel completely safe in the world. Like there's no threat in it because you're projecting it all. And you can, proje- you can trust yourself that you're only pr- projecting everything that you need. One poet, I forgot his name, he said something like, uh, I love you. I love you, ladies. I would do you only good. I would not hurt you more than you need. (laughs) It's really honest. You know, that's really honest. Because of the way this play is going. It's our making people into a threat that makes them seem to be a threat in the perception. It's a habit of making people into a threat. So now what we're doing is we're reversing that and and we're starting to pop up everywhere. We're starting to pop up all over the place. This is normal for us, by the way. And I'm used to talking really loud. So (laughs) it just started pouring here and people are like, what? I know I was in Vipassana meditation in the middle of August and it just started like this. People were coming from all over the place for this meditation. They were like looking, they opened their eyes during the meditation to like, is anyone running out? Like, are we going to get swept away by the rain? (laughs) But no, it's really porous. It's really porous. So you can just do that all the time. (laughs) Let it fall. Yeah. So not much time and attention is given, you know, in the normal societal kind of lifestyle, most people are not giving much time and attention to the fact that this is a dream and also that the dreamer is awakening. It's a dream of awakening. So you start to get experiences of things in your dream that even seem to be awakening you. And you also set all those things in there. You might get the sense that someone around you is too unconscious for you. Like it could have been when I called my mom and she hit me with all this. Oh my gosh, this is so stressful. I can't believe it. I can't believe your brother is going through this and all of this. I could have like been in total reactor mode and go, oh my God, I got to get off the phone with you. I'm going to wisdom dialogues. I don't want you to ruin my energy, right? This is a common thing for people. If you'll embrace that where you're projecting that someone else is affecting you. So in that moment with my mom, it was so beautiful because we were both so uplifted. You know, her whole tone changed changed with me. Her complete stressed out, anxious tone completely came down to... Okay, just like diffuse all that energy and just like, okay. And that's what you're for. See, it's your dream. So everyone who comes to play in your dream is like it's you asking for your forgiveness. 
So when your forgiveness is extended, remember forgiveness is they didn't do what you thought. When your forgiveness is extended, that's automatically gratitude too. You're going to be that generous because you're the one who set that thing out in the field. And knowing that you are everything makes you naturally generous like that. You can share and share and share and there's no end to it because every time you extend love, you get more energy from it. No one can suck your energy, in other words. <laughs> can you imagine everyone's just like feeling like they're protected from being, having any, any energy sucked from them? Kids, they can learn about this stuff. You know, they can learn about this. Hey, you don't have to be victimized. You don't even have to be victimized by your parents. We buy into that shit as kids. You don't even have to be victimized like that. You, as a kid, you can turn all this stuff around. You know, I've had experiences like that as a kid too, and I'm sure lots of kids have too, probably don't even realize it. But just, you know, that innocence, just being there present with the parents in that innocence is very healing. And we can show, I mean, I just show my kids by example. When they come around wanting to hear from me, then I share with them, but I don't try to put it on them or anything. And, you know, all, the, all these years, I've just been showing my kids by example, not trying to, like, help them through their patterns or anything like that until they're like, I need help. Hey, you know something. I think you can help me with something. And, you know, I have a lot of friends, too, who don't want help. They just want to vent. And that's fine with me, too. I'll just experience that experience, and I'll notice that I'm not hanging out with them. Not that I have a choice in that. It's just not going in the same direction. They're not reaching out to me over and over again. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the kind of friend that's looking for some advice on what they should do, they're not reaching out to me over and over again. So it's interesting when I have people who listen to Wisdom Dialogues and they'll go, thank you so much for Wisdom Dialogues. I've been listening to it. Um, really changed my life. And can you tell me whether or not I should take this business deal or not? <laughs> and then there's this disappointment that I don't have an answer on that. Like I'm psychic or something. <laughs> you go into a palm reader. But the thing is, that's not the right question. What, what should I, like, if I should take this business deal is not the right question. That's looking for another answer. Those paths are the same. Yes to the business deal, no to the business deal. Those paths are exactly the same. They're going to the same place. They all lead to death. <laughs> they don't do anything. And, and you know, and you can't, you cannot decide for yourself between the two. So when you take all that pressure off yourself, and the decisions are just made for you, you'll see how your decisions are always perfect for you. They're giving, bringing you exactly what you need. So it's like gratitude, 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 because everything's bringing you exactly what you need. And I know I talk about gratitude a lot, and that's because it's really powerful. It's way more powerful than it's ever given any credit for. Um, and, you know, you are the one who receives the gratitude instantly. Any gratitude, sincere gratitude that's extended is received by you instantly. It's not like you're looking for someone else to give you some gratitude. 
You are so full now, you don't care about anyone else's gratitude because you're so full of your own gratitude. If they want to join you in gratitude, you're going to celebrate with them. If they don't want to join you in gratitude, you're going to embrace them and be grateful that they're on their path because everyone is on the right path. And, you know, that's something to be grateful for, too, that everyone is on the right path. I don't have to, like, no, you're doing it wrong. If they seem to be doing it wrong, they're doing it wrong just for you. That is deserving of gratitude. I mean, how sweet is that? They're doing it just for you. And then, um, you know, you guys probably got the sense when you were a kid that everyone's doing everything for you. Did you guys? Did anyone do that? Or was I the only one? Come on, people probably got that, right? Is everyone do- Everyone's doing everything for you. Did you get that when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually the case. Everyone's doing everything for you. It's like, it's like they're serving you. You know, that's what I saw when I was a kid. It was like, everyone is actually doing it all for me. And then there was a sense like, you better not look at that. It was almost like a sense of you're going to get killed if you know this shit. You better not look at that. I just felt so scared. I covered it all up really fast. I don't want to think about that. Because <laughs> how am I going to be in this world if I'm thinking like that? Right? I was like 11 years old. I was like, how am I going to be in this world? They're going to kill me. I'm going to sink like that. Push that away. Right? But that is really the truth. I've had that same thought, actually. Um, yeah, and I used to get terrified of people killing me and murdering me. Mm-hmm. It's so weird you say that. Yeah. So yeah, well, that is the sense. Yeah. That's why we conform. That's why we conform to the, wor- to the world. To the world's ways. That's why we conform to it. Because when I saw that, it was like, oh... If I go into that, I didn't like have a full realization. I could just sense if I go into that, that's dangerous. That's the ego's thing. That's dangerous. Then I'll be setting myself up for an attack. So I shut it all down and I just pretended with everyone else for a while until it got to be too much. It didn't get to be too much so I was in my 30s. I was going through it acting like a separate person, doing all the separate things like everyone, being angry with my husband, ragging at my husband, nagging at my kids, just like you're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) But it's for their own good, (laughs) right? (laughs) We'd be uh, making my daughter do all of her schoolwork. We'd stand over her and make her do all of her schoolwork. And then once the second one came along, and he's like seven years old. By that time, she's 16. And he's going, I don't want to go to school. I'm like, okay, that's enough of that. I'm, not, I'm, I'm jumping off that game. I'm not that, I'm not that mom anymore. You can get out of school. <laughs> no one has to go to school. <laughs> Unless they want to. <laughs> you know, it's like I just... I just noticed one day I was like, uh, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be forcing any human beings to do anything. I'm not going to be forcing any human. I'm not going to be forcing on them. I don't, that doesn't feel good at all. That doesn't feel good. Well, how can you uh, get your kid out of school without getting social service called on you? You know? So I was going, how do you, how do, you do that? I'm like, I bet you there's a way. So I start looking for a way. Sure enough, I find a way. It's actually not that hard. 
And, you know, there's a, it's just like a game that you play. You do certain paperwork, <laughs> you're good. You don't do the paperwork, you go down the river. <laughs> but just opening up to it, opening the heart to, can there be freedom here? And it just shows, it reveals so much more freedom. It's like, yes. Can I just relax through this? Yes. One of my sisters who is really adamant that the world is real, really, really adamant, was saying, man, I just need a break. I'm tired. I just need a break. People tell me to go to sleep, but I go to sleep. I'm not getting refreshed. I need a real break. Like, I need a break from my mind. That's the thing. It's impossible to get a break from your mind if you're taking it as real because it's too important to you. This thing is too important. What is the best practice to get in the state of mind when you feel it, this work is a dream? Taking, taking those reactions as they come because that's the teaching. Every single reaction that comes is the teaching. So to be alert to what those are and to recognize that that's a means. So you're going into it instead of running away from it, which is our habit. Our habit is to run away from these upset feelings, like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Instead of get the feeling. That is the ultimate practice. I mean, other than that, when you just want to sit alone and have a practice and, you know, you don't have a bunch of, uh, you don't have a bunch of distractions or you don't have a, a, any kind of trigger to deal with or anything like that, anything that appeals to you. Let's say, uh, you know, anything that's quieting, like, let's say yoga. I've been getting into block therapy lately. That's very quieting too. Um, you know, just, just sitting quietly. A lot of people have a hard time with that though. Um, just uh, listening to music, letting your mind rest though. See, a lot of people will put themselves right in paradise. You know, hell in paradise, you can call it. And when you feel your reaction to a situation coming, mm-hmm when your reaction is like really overwhelming or something that you like need to take space from the other people so you don't react how do you like how do you like have enough time to be able to like fully process that so you come back and not kind of slip back into it again right away because like i have six children so yeah and they're all homeschooled oh awesome they're unschooled they're all around nice all of them are growing oh 19 now but um like trying because i'm they're constantly teaching, right? They're constantly bringing up reactions to yeah. each other with me. And then, like, taking that space, though, to be able to actually sit in it and feel it through. Like, yeah. how do you take that time so it's like you're, you're through it so you're coming back and not, not about to do the same thing again? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I was totally in that situation yeah. when I was going through it. With all There's people everywhere, right? Yeah. So... Knowing that I don't have a choice in whether I physically go, okay, I'm getting away from you guys. I'm going over here to do this. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm going over here. For me, I had a huge crystal. I just sit with the crystal because I'd have such intense feeling, you know, like I was having murderous thoughts come up. Like everything was coming up, right? But I was having such intensity. I would just like find myself sitting alone. But in knowing I didn't have a choice in it, I could slow time down in the moment. So, so, you can, so you can start feeling it faster. So you can exactly. Go reaction faster, so every time it would kind of process through faster, and it could come. It's gonna like, wait for you. That's the thing. The experience, whatever it is, if once you once you turn your attention in, I can give you one example. Um, when I 
when I was uh, talking with my son, I have two sons. Yeah. At the time, one of them was about 12 years old and the other one was six, okay? Yeah. It looked like the 12-year-old was bullying the shit out of the six-year-old. Like, totally, like, I got to get that guy off of him. Like, he needs to go to military school or something because he's being really bad fucking with that kid. That was the story, right? And so I'm standing there and I'm watching this whole scenario go down like this. And I just stop. Thinking, stop everything. I just feel it. Okay? And my son, my bigger son, who's used to having me react to him as if he's a bully, he's looking at me. And I'm just standing there and I'm feeling the feeling. Yeah, I don't, have, I don't even have my crystal. I'm just like standing there. I just stopped. You know? And I'm just standing there and I'm feeling the feeling. So my son looks at me and he goes, you're really disappointed in me right now, aren't you, mom? And I go, well, no, I'm not. It feels like I am, but I know that's not true. See, because here's the other thing. People can see when you're reacting. My son knows when I'm reacting. I'm not going to try to hide it from him. You know, I'll be telling him something. A lot of the times the words that are coming out of my mouth do not match my reaction. Because <laughs> if, if that reaction were to speak, it would say you're guilty. But I know the reaction isn't true. The reaction were to speak, I'd be projecting. So my son goes, but mom, I can see that you're upset about it. And I go, I know, but that still doesn't mean that everything is okay. I'm getting a reaction like it's not okay. But I know that the reaction isn't true, it's a projection. And when you say something like that, and you share something like that with someone, there is an immediate healing effect. And it shows up in, you know, the continuation of your relationship, too. Like, when we have interactions like that, our relationship is never the same. I mean, it's almost amazing how much my son has transformed in such a short, short amount of time. Once it was time for him to transform. Now, look, I saw this way back in 2014. Okay, that was eight years ago, right? Am I doing my math right? That was eight years ago. Okay, he was 12. Now he's 20. And the, the, and the transformation didn't really occur completely. I mean, it was going through, but it seems to be complete now where it's just all love, no reflections of anything else. Really recently, like within months, within months, there's been the... And, you know, I have friends who are, are intuitive that could see it. Like, they'd come over... Yeah, you got still got something going on with your son, don't you? And I go, yeah, it's you know, it's unfolding, <laughs> and that's how it's going to be, you know, because it because it's like it doesn't always come up all at once like that, um, but you know, different hurts that we hold. Like my son had an idea that I hurt him when he was younger because I didn't do what he thought I should do at some certain time or something like that. So he got the impression that I hurt him. So. He's going to take these little opportunities at different opportune times to project that onto me. So I'm ready for that, not in a defensive way, but ready for embracing it. I'm ready for embracing. I know it's coming. I could sense it right under the surface until it's completely healed. I can see, I can sense it right there underneath the surface. And I know I'm just ready for it. And I know that when it comes up, I can embrace it. Now, at this point, I can see that it's healed. But that was quite a, you know, process. That doesn't mean it's going to take that long for you guys. Because you know what? 
I didn't have anyone telling me this stuff. I had no one telling me this stuff. I was like groping around in the dark. Now, you have someone telling you this stuff, yeah, that means that you're already further along because you're projecting someone to tell you that. I wasn't projecting anyone to tell me. I'm like groping around, suffering, 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 suffering. One day, I'm in Vipassana meditation and I realize that my mom never did anything to me. I was suffering over my mom all of a sudden. When you're just quiet like that, you start suffering over stuff. It's funny. <laughs> mom, how could you do that to me? Oh, God. And, <laughs> and you know, I saw it, and it was, such a, it was such a sweet, innocent voice. It was me as a little girl saying, Mommy, how can you do that to me? You know? I'm your daughter. And I saw it as the ego's voice. I saw that voice as the ego's voice. And in fact, what I discovered was every time I think I'm talking, that's the ego. <laughs> so when that, when that occurred, I got so much energy. All of a sudden, so much love for my mom. So much appreciation for my mom. So much appreciation uh, for everything that she gave me. Uh, all the lessons. And like a genuine appreciation for my mom. And that changed everything. With my mom, my mom would do her same things that she would always do in my perception. Which would be uh, kind of like throw me under the bus. Like, you know, like uh, make it so that I'm, I'm the scapegoat, right? Kind of like throw me under the bus. So the next time she does that. I'm just like, oh my God, that is so cute. I just like, I just like really opened up to it. I was like, oh my God, that is so cute. That's, the, that's my mom, that's so sweet. And you know, it only took one time like that. She did not do that again in my perception. Not that I minded if she, does, if she did. I didn't have an agenda to stop her from doing that and that's why I was embracing it. I was happy if she stayed like that the whole time. <laughs> I just thought it was sweet. And it can't affect me. And it couldn't threaten me. My whole life I thought that was a threat. If my mom said something bad about me. If my mom told someone, someone something bad about me that that was a threat. I stopped re reacting to that. My mom stops needing to do it. There's an example of how we project it forward. You know, uh, my, my son. Okay, a few years ago. I'm over there standing in the bathroom. Probably like four years ago. I don't know. Um, he comes in and he's in this state where he's like, ah, he's a 16 year old kid. He's a big guy, you know, he's like, ah, I can't take this. I can't take this. Boom. Hits the mirror. The mirror falls, rips at this doorway thing out of the door. Right. And I'm like, whoa, there's this huge energy. I'm like, whoa, I could feel that. So he goes, walks away. So then my husband, I go out there and I see, I see my husband. I said, hey, our son is going through it right now. I go, he just did some stuff in the room. Thank God. It's not a big deal. My husband's like, you know, he's getting all up and up. He's like, what? And I go, no, trust me. This is really, really good. Just trust me on this one. He needs this. He needs this right now. So, so my husband calmed down. And then I went and I played my harp. 
I went, sat in my, I played my harp. And then the next thing you know, my son shows up. And his head's down like this. He's like, Mom, I am so sorry. And I'm like, honey, you didn't do anything. He's like, really, Mom? I go, yeah, really, you didn't do anything. And he's like, well, he didn't understand it because he had been, like, avoiding me, you know? Because I, I, set, I set him up for that. You know, I was, uh, like, played a role of a really crazy mom that he probably was scared to, well, he said he was, scared to cruise around with alone. <laughs> so <laughs> once I had a transformation, no one noticed. <laughs> They just kept the same story going the whole time, right? So, so it was like through going through the experiences, um, you know, he didn't he didn't hear me when I was I was going through the experiences. He didn't hear me when I was saying the world isn't real. You know, he'd overhear me saying stuff like that, or I might mention it. The world isn't real. Um, it's only love here. I said you didn't do anything. He's like, well, thank you. You know, thank you. It's like, you don't have to be sorry about it because you didn't do anything. You, that action coming through your body is exactly the same as if it came through my body. There's no difference. Same thing with an employee who went on a trip and took a laptop, MacBook Pro, and didn't, wasn't able to come back with it, apparently got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> she's like I am so sorry it's like you didn't do anything nothing happened it's the same as if I took it from myself and you know people go isn't that so scary and yeah to the ego it's scary because then it seems like oh you're just like wide open like that yeah let everything come everything's coming anyways that's the thing it's all coming anyways if you're resisting it, you're just going through it with resistance. But if you're just letting everything come and giving gratitude for everything, you're not going to have these ill feelings. You're not going to have these, these ill thoughts for people. You're not going to have a sense that you're in conflict with people. You're not going to have a sense that you're threatened. And that doesn't mean that you can't... Uh, change your policy about how you do laptop, giving out laptop. It's not any restriction either. It's no restriction on what you can and can't do. It's just, you know, make it a point to acknowledge that you make no choice in what you do. That way you don't have any room to evaluate yourself. You can't evaluate yourself. It would be completely meaningless and unreasonable because you make no choice in what you do. You're seeing a movie play out based on a mental state and it's all for awakening your mind. So, anyone have any questions? What would be the moment when you know about um, your opinion? What's that? What would be the moment in your opinion when you know that, uh, like I said, it's time when you leave relationships or situations, right? Uh-huh. But if you feel gratitude for that. Uh-huh. But what I feel sometimes, some people try, because we're taught, to like, be grateful for that and go further. But it's such a big shit, because people just, it's like positive toxic, you know? Just, people are what? It's being positive toxic. Positive toxic. Okay, yeah, I hear you. People yeah. People pretend right. that they're over it, but yes. they're not. 
Yes. They just pretend everything is good. Right. It's fine. Right. They got some mushroom journey. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I'm already <laughs> mad and you love. Oh, I'm good. Uh-huh. Is, uh huh. So I would say, how would you, uh, in your opinion, um, make it like, you know, divide it? You know, when it's really done, when you're really over it, and when you just pretend it, fake it? Well, when you're over it, and when you're over it, when you are really appreciating the feeling you're appreciating the feeling you're identifying it as what it is so you're not trying to like fake yourself out and pretend like you're not feeling an upset feeling you're identifying it but you're happy about it like for me i get upset feelings they come to me just like in any person right they come up but i'm always welcoming them like yes welcoming yes every well you know people too and you know what, and, and here's, the, here's the thing about people, you know, when I say I'm always welcome, welcoming them, I may be asking them to leave, I'm still welcoming them. It's an energetic thing. It's not a matter of, you know, you have to let them do whatever they want to do in your space. You just have to let them be who they are and let yourself be how you are, right? And however that comes, whether or not they're... Um, receptive to it or not that's a thing too like letting yourself be used is exactly as you're used it's really exciting like you don't know what you're gonna say it could be completely out of characteristic for you but knowing that whatever you say is perfect that's another thing whatever comes out of your mouth whatever you seem to do that's all perfect for you for everyone else we're the same one and we can only get the experience that's maximally beneficial for all of us Okay. So we get all of them question around whatever you say is perfect because my like while we're kind of like changing patterns in our family and doing things different. Yeah. Like I I need sometimes like a quick thing that I can say when I'm like in an interaction with one of the kids that's like showing to them, okay, that you're not gonna get a repeated pattern of something that happened in the past, right? This is it things are different or whatever. So one thing I do sometimes is just say like thank you for sharing that or whatever, mm -hmm. which kind of just puts up you're not gonna get a reaction from me. But is there something that's like, because you, when you talked about your um, your situation with your son or something like that, and you, you said something that cha completely changed your relationship yeah. right, and your reactions, is there a way that you can kind of state things when somebody is expecting a certain reaction from you or you, you know, like to kind of catch before you say what you're going to say that is eventually the lesson's going to come out of what you say anyways. But is there, do you know what I'm Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just not something that you have to decide ahead of time. Let yeah. yourself be surprised yeah. by how it comes out. Yeah. So mainly you're letting yourself have the relief. So instead of thinking about it as they're not going to get a reaction from me. It's like I'm not going to react to the situation. Well, well yeah, and, and for me, I want to see the reaction. I don't want to control whether I have a reaction but I want to see the reaction myself. Okay. That's all. And, and, then, and then any kind of expression that I make, it's perfect, even if I'm reacting, even if my expression is coming out of a reaction. And, I, and you know, I can also recant that any minute. I have, um, I have talked to my husband's ear off for like 45 minutes about what a bitch this chick was 
And then at the end of the 45 minutes, I just told my husband that was completely about me and not about her at all. Remember, it's not really about teaching the other person, but when your awakening occurs, it gets extended to the other person. They feel that. When you see through that, when you notice, oh, that was completely about me, that was the thing. When I was telling my husband about what a bitch that chick was, uh, I could talk for a long time. You guys know that. I did it for 45 minutes. And then the next time I saw that woman, we had a beautiful interaction. Because it was just like obvious I was talking about myself. It was obvious to me I was talking about myself. And then I stated that and the energy just, it just, I don't see um, anything as a threat, even if I said something stupid, mm-hmm. right? I just tell people, yeah, I'm an idiot. What's that? Even if this person would be a narcissistic person, it would be narcissistic. still narcissistic. It would be still about you, you think? Yeah, always. Yeah, the, even the narcissistic people, I put them into my experience. And when I see them like that, and when I see them how they truly are, I can heal that narcissism. Because the narcissism is actually projected for me. The narcissist, I know. Believe me. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Because, because, because you know what? There will always be more narcissists as long as someone will make the narcissist outside of themselves. We'll always see more as long as we just need one thought. We only need one thought that says the narcissist is out there and we can get a perception of narcissists everywhere. Uh, you know, and they could seem to be a real problem. They could seem to be a real problem for us. It's really interesting. The world of psychology teaches us different things. Yeah. What's that? The world of psychology teaches us completely opposite. Oh, I know. Because the world of psychology is aimed at keeping this world in your view. The world of psychology, it's very helpful if you are taking the world as real. As long as you're taking the world as real, it's very helpful. Once you're ready to see through the world, Then you put that stuff aside and you take the next step. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Because see, when you're not, it's not going to dawn on you that you want to see through this world until you've had enough of it, until you've repeated patterns enough. It's not even going to dawn on you that you want to see through it. Uh, so taking psychology or whatever kind of tools help you maintain a sense of balance in a world that you're taking as real is helpful up to a point until it's not, you'll know when it's not helpful anymore. You'll be ready for it to just be laid aside. So, you know, you could think of, you could, you could think of this as uh, uh, just an interesting possibility for now, you know, and then, and, and then it all, it all percolates kind of like down the road. But believe me, I know what, is seen as your reality right now is your reality. Your mind is that powerful. So if in your reality there are narcissists, that's your reality. And then you got to try to protect yourself from the narcissist. So there's another, there's another way to kind of like slip around all that narcissism stuff 
and go straight to the source. And then, you know, for me, I love it when a narcissist approaches me or I have any interaction with them because it's just all so playful for me. It's all so sweet and playful. Well, you know, and and that's all, and and that's always the case. It'll always be as long as it's not this, as long as it's not this, as long as it's not this. Child, you have a narcissistic mother who raised you with no respect, no boundaries. You have no choice until you're like sixteen or nineteen. Okay. How would you play with this? Well, yeah. I don't know exactly how I would play with it because it comes spontaneously. The playing with it comes spontaneously. And it can apply to any situation, anytime, anywhere. So it just comes out of you. This trying to get it, oh, what will it, what would I do in this situation? That that never ends. The ego is always going to be throwing out these different scenarios. Oh, well, what if it's like this? Then I can't be like that. Um, so that's why I just say lean in the direction of this, because every one of those arguments that's against seeing this is going to succeed. If you want it to succeed, the argument will succeed always until you're ready to lay it to the side, because the truth isn't something that can really uh, be pushed on you. Concepts can be pushed on you, but the truth isn't something that can be pushed on you. That has to be something that you open up to and you go, okay, I've had enough. I see that the way I've been doing it hasn't really been helpful. And, you know, for a while we think it is helpful. We got all these tools. We got all these psychology. Okay, this is how I make it okay. Um, But then there's another level where you're like, okay, we've been doing this for millions of years. Can we get past this? idea that there are threats in the world are we ready for that and you know the answer is uh is the answer it's not uh it's not anything that we have to try to rush you know when it's time if the bomb would just fall right here in the middle of this room you wouldn't run away if what happened if the, i don't know a, if bomb, a bomb, bomb would just fall in the middle of this room you wouldn't run away okay so okay so that's a that's the um, that's still taking the the world and like if my if I run away as if that really happened. So I don't know what I would do because it's a dream. It's a, whatever it is. Is it, if there's running, it's a dream image running. I'm not opposed to myself running or staying. Right. Well, the body sense is programmed to be fearful of certain things and it automatically does this. Again, I'm watching a show, so I'm not making a choice to run or not. I'm watching a show. So if I'm running and something is chasing me or something like that, I'm watching a show of the image I made running. So it's different from being uh, from being attached in, in this uh, illusion as a person who's actually doing the running. People have experienced this kind of thing in sports spontaneously. Uh, they just get that detachment where they're not associated with the one doing the thing. So I could do anything. I'm not, that's not going to change my mind about anything. Whatever I seem to do is not going to change my mind. Uh, if anything, whatever I seem to do, I'm going to use for healing the, self, the guilty self-concept that's afflicting the mind right now. Because everyone has to deal with that. Exactly what you're saying. If your body making decision for you, right, then... Body's problem to run away, right? So basically, you identify yourself as a body. 
and all that you're teaching right now, it's completely different. You're saying you're I, okay. Not <laughs> that, that's right. I am your saying body that. Just, you know, is afraid of it and runs away. Then you are your body. Well, there's not a body for one. There is no body. It's a dream again. So body is a dream image. So you're watching a body do something as if you're inside of it, but you're not inside of it. You're sensing it. Okay? You're not really inside of it. You're just sensing it. Yeah. 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 It has to be experienced. I got so many deep metaphysical journeys in my life, but it's still... Come back when I come back from the journey. I still identify myself till now as my body. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, at at some point, if you don't want it, then you don't want you don't want that identity. But as long as you want it, you know, it's good. It's really good. And it's interesting. Like I have a daughter who's actually here, who who's sixteen, and she um, you know, is so fearful of being like dissociated from her body. But the reality of it is she, when she's doing it, she's like observing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so she's like stepping back from her anxious feeling or she's stepping back from whatever's going and kind of pulling herself back from it. So if, if there's a way that she could understand it, that she's like, what she's actually doing is healthy in a way, because it's giving perspective of that you're watching it like a play, what's mm-hmm. happening in front of you that you're not, that you don't have to control Right, you don't have control over it. That's right. Because there's so much fear of people like dissociating from their body and not being there to feel everything and be in the moment. Right. That if you can pull, have a way of. Well, that's the thing. The, the sense, the willingness to sense the body sense is the same as detachment. And that's kind of like where there's a paradox, you know. Because mm-hmm. people are thinking that detachment means now you don't sense that like you're, you're separating yourself, cutting yourself off of the neck, right? You don't mm-hmm. feel anything, right? So that's not really detachment, though, because in detachment, you're, it's like your eyes are wide open. You're observing all the feelings. It's just that you're not identified as the one feeling. So you're just getting the feelings because they're a means for awakening, but you're not identified as that one. See? So that's why the, the feelings can be embraced by you because you're so much bigger than all of that. You're like the whole everything. And then these feelings are this little thing that kind of like makes you go crazy. Right? And you can just take that little feeling and like love it up. I can see them transforming, you know, and, and they, they show you like this nectar. This nectar underneath it. Yes, my love. Yeah. Yeah. That's a maturing. It's just a maturing process. It's not anything for any of us to get worried about. It's just a maturing process for people. You know, when they first hear this, they're like, "Oh yeah, now I can just do whatever I want because none of it matters." But you see the suffering adding up, and it changes. What's that? I thought there was only joy. Yeah, there's no suffering. Yeah, it's true. But we do get an illusion of it all the time, right? So, yeah, very persistent. Yeah. So in that, we have opportunities, which is, which is what makes the suffering blessed. Because the suffering is actually waking us up. And the suffering, yes, doesn't exist. I'm only referring to it because we perceive it. 
nothing I say is true. That's the other thing. Huh? You have to get you have to get your you have to get your guidance from your inner teacher, of course. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thank you so much Thank for you. sitting with me. I appreciate you all so much. Yay. Until next time. Ahoo ho. Yay. <laughs>